second power play of the night. Flames are for one. And a face-off win. A shot scores! Power play goal on a blast by Giordano. His 50th career power play marker. And welcome back to the Leafs cast. Trades. <laughs> Reel them in. Reel them in. <laughs> oh no, Rye. You should have told me. You should have told me that's what you wanted. That's how we start the pod. <laughs> KD's out there on the SSS Moby Shanahan. Reel them in. <laughs> double phoning it. <laughs> Seriously, double phoning it. All right. C- can we just get straight into the trade? Is that fine? We'll get I mean, into that's games, what we're here to talk about. Let's get straight into the trade. Uh, this is, to a degree, an emergency Leafs cast because, you know, we sit here idly just waiting for the Leafs to make their move, and then we got to talk about it, analyze it. The Leafs did make their move. Uh, Tim, give us the details. Or Ryan, give us the details. I'm not doing it. No way. Tim's All right. details guy. Coming in, new Maple Leafs hometown boy, Mark Giordano, coming home. Bring him home. Bring him home. <laughs> Babcock said it. They'll be coming home. And he, he was correct. He was correct about at least that one thing. But Mark, <laughs> Gio, Mark Giordano, the newest Maple Leaf, along with uh, Colin Blackwell. Uh, not quite as shiny a name as Mark Giordano. We love him anyway. Yeah, we do. We love him. He's going to be in on our team. Definitely on our, in our top 12. Well, I don't know. I will get into that, whether he should be in the top 12 or not, or where Simmons uh, makes the cut. But these guys are the newest Maple Leafs, and going out is our second round pick in 2022, a second round pick in 2023, and a third round pick in 2024. I can't believe Dubas yeah. is just trading away these draft picks from years from now. <laughs> like these kids who was going to be drafted in 2024, they're like 13 years old. Yeah. Dubas just disappointed a 15 year old who had dreams of coming to the Leafs, but was kind of mediocre. Wasn't going to be a first rounder. Yep. Yep. Wow. So this is so the deal. Significant. Dubas held firm and said after uh, last year's fiasco with Nick Foligno, uh, and I'm not going to remind Leafs listeners how we gave up our first round pick for a rental and it flamed you just did. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> Anyways, Dubas said, never again. If I'm giving up the first round pick, it's going to be for a guy with term. Any rental we get is going to be anything below a first round pick. So Dubas sticks to his guns, keeps the first round pick. Um, <laughs> two seconds, but he's got the first. Yeah, <laughs> and he's gonna sleep with it tonight. Well, <laughs> not in that way. It's gonna be in his bed. He's holding on tight to it. Give me a right, hold on. Right. But what, what is significant is he can do whatever he wants with that. If he wants to uh, trade down in the draft, get those sec- two second round picks back. Maybe who knows what the value of a second round pick is. Leafs have done really well with their second round picks lately. So maybe that's unfortunate that we gave away two things. But I am quite happy that we kept the first round pick. What what do you think of the acquisition, Tim? Bring it in, Giordano. Obviously, the the main concern that we're addressing here is our our defense with Jake Buzz and Stella. We really don't know what he'll be back. What do you think about Giordano coming in, Tim? Uh, I think it's a win for the Leafs. I I was kind of joking earlier today. It was like Steve and I spent the last pod talking about flashy forwards and goaltenders, and classically fans skipped over the defense. But I think this is a good acquisition for the Leafs. Uh, Mark Giordano, he is old, but he's only two years removed from his Norris Trophy caliber season. Uh, Not just caliber season, the Norris Trophy Award winning season. Um, And while he's not quite in Norris form these days, he is still very solid defensively. Um, And I think he fills the big hole that Jake Muzzin has left this year. We've we've mentioned it on so many uh, podcasts through this year, how big a difference it makes that Muzzin is no longer Jake Muzzin. Um, and I think this, uh, Jared Dan is going to come in and I think he's going to be a st- real stabilizing force back there. Well, yeah, we, we talked about this on the pod last week and I, I remember reading the rumblings of, you know, the, the Maple Leafs are heavily pursuing Mark Giordano and I, I, I brushed him aside a little bit. I mean, you know, we, we were in rumored to be acquiring everybody, right. But on that pod last week, it just wasn't a name that we were talking about much. And it's, it's mostly because. Just like if if we thought Jake Muzzin could come back and even be like like serviceable on the third pair, you know, he's a left shot and you're bringing in a Mark Giordano who's a left shot. So like like at first I was like, gosh, does it does this really make us that much better? 
but I'm 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 being I'm trying I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible. Like like I I don't view this as like the 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 slam dunk sexiest name in the market. Two second round picks isn't nothing for a 38 year old that we're just hoping is going to come over here and play really well. Um, it's it's better than nothing. Like that is that is for certain. It's better than nothing, and it's much better than some of these prices that were being paid around the league for you know for for other. Uh, I would say Flor- Florida paid more for Ben Chirot than we play for Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, maybe we'll talk about some of the other deals around the league a, a little later, but what do you think? To, Ry? Keep, to keep it Toronto focused, I'm very, very happy with the deal. I wasn't on the pod last week, but I was a rather pessimistic Leafs fan and I wasn't feeling too good, especially after that last performance against Nashville. I was just like, what is the point of, of all this that's going on here? And to get, bring in a guy like Mark Giordano and a guy like Colin Blackwell, actually to, to both of them, I feel like we're addressing the entire defensive laps of our team. Like, like the, the defense and goalies are kind of tied in that. If you have great goaltending, then it's going to make your defense look good. And if you have great defense, then it's going to make your goaltending look good. And we didn't address the goaltending. At least we haven't yet. We're recording this on Sunday evening. But bringing in a guy like Mark Giordano, who's going to stabilize that back end, bringing in a guy like Colin Blackwell, who's more known as being a defensive, probably for us, fourth liner, is going to stabilize our our forward crew, which is also going to help defensively bring in, bring back Jack Campbell to a new and improved defensive Maple Leafs. And I just think it increases the chances that he is going to probably not return to form, but definitely outperform what he was for January and February anyway. So I'm, I'm very excited by this. I love that it was only two seconds and and we get to keep our first round pick. The first round pick is ours. We did move it out. It's <laughs> I, I'm nothing but happy with this trade. I think it's great. And and this was on ah. the year two that on last pod, I said, let's get rid of that first round pick, right? Because this is a guy that, that isn't going to necessarily help the, like, you know, the next two years of the Matthews era, we think. And it's totally possible that, yeah, you're right. Like he does something at the draft or whatever, but like Dubas was, holding firm and maybe last year where we saw him be a little skittish at the, at the deadline. Right. And like kind of maybe get, get played a little bit by, uh, Yarmo Kekalainen. Um, nope. He said he, he's holding firm. And how, how dumb is it? Like that I, we've been covering the trade deadline for a long time. And how dumb is it that like, we're the trade that you hear it happens. It's confirmed to happen. And then we sit around twiddling our thumbs for three <laughs> hours waiting on what the, the return is. Like that's, uh-huh, that's almost uh-huh. the meanest thing you could do. I had, I had refreshing Twitter did uh, checking John Tavares's t- sister's Twitter page to see if he's coming to <laughs> Toronto vibes. That's that. That was the vibes I had. But- my refresh is officially worn out after about the first hour. There you go. But what happened was uh, Brendan Pridham, who's the Leafs uh, cap uh, wizard, cap wizard. <laughs> Maybe he was explaining to the NHL that what he was doing was actually legal. But apparently, there's this thing where, like, at 5 p.m., the daily cap hit is cap is calculated, and so you're allowed to go like over the cap between 5 p.m. and 5 p.m. of the next day, and. So like they had to wait till 5 p.m. to officially announce it. But also what significant tip we haven't talked about on the goaltending front, Peter Morazic sent through waivers <laughs> going to the minors. Well, unless he's picked up. So what, what happens with the minors is he, he has a salary of 3.8 million. The Leafs can bury $1.1 million for as long as uh, Morazic is in the minors. But first, any team in the NHL has the opportunity to pick him up for free. No draft picks, no players. They can just take him on their team. So now we wait. Extremely unlikely. I think that if if that was going to happen, then Dubas would have traded him to that team forever ago for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's, well, at, at this point, we're still waiting. I don't think any of us are expecting he's going to be picked up. But at the at very least, at least that's a million off the cap hit, and which is allowing us to fit. Giordano and Blackwell and our crew here. I uh I I kind of disagree because I was saying that in the chat at first that uh I like he's gonna clear and, and we're still stuck with this contract, but yep. it was the same the right the exact same thing that happened with with uh um Nick Ritchie, who was I mean a worse like you know a, a, a worse player at that time to try to bring in a new organization on like a in a similar situation on a guy with term. I, I, I kind of think he's going to get claimed tomorrow. We'll see. Cause this is going to go out tomorrow and people will find out like they, they'll know. So right. one of Ryan, or, it, Ryan or I is going to look stupid 
But <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it like, is it is interesting, right? Because he does have a history of being like a capable number, like one B for teams that are not the Leafs. And he's so, like, if you're old. Edmonton, it, it, well, or or even a team that just like you're not getting the best goaltending right now, like like right now, and you're in a playoff push, like like the a former Red Wing, right? Could the Red Wings come calling and pick him up? Could a team like the Devils, whose goaltending situation is just garbage, and they have the salary, like the salary cap to, you know, possibly like, like look to next year and, and bring him in. Like, I think there's a lot of teams that could grab him, but for Ryan's point, like, then why didn't that team trade for him? It could have been because Kyle Dubas is sitting there sweating in MLSE. Like, wait a minute, I have to wait till five o'clock. What am I doing? I got two phones up against my, but I don't have time to trade this guy right now. Just put him on waivers. Like we got to make this happen. Like, right. Could you see that that was, that's the reason also why I went on waivers over like, let me no call one all is claiming teams. him because he is the worst goalie in the National <laughs> Hockey League. Like, calm your guy. I, you guys are getting too worked up over this. He's not getting claimed. He's going down to the minors. Like, I don't want to spend any more time talking about this. We're going to know by tomorrow anyway. It's it's the worst goalie in the National Hockey League. It's not happening. Well, but what, what I think is significant by tomorrow, because I think if uh, Mrazek is claimed, that opens up at least another, like, 2.5 or 2.6 million dollars of salary so i think if he's claimed i think we do this makes a last minute trade to bring in a goalie um if right. he's not claimed we might be looking at the the Shalgren train hit well obviously campbell's all our eggs are in campbell's basket but is campbell uh, on ltir right now yes no, I, wait, it, so oh. like how do we bring campbell back off of ltir oh no sir he's on regular injured reserve not long-term oh, okay. injured reserve so then like what's gonna happen let's go down the train of assuming he's not going to be claimed please just assume with me that he's not going to be <laughs> so claimed the, if so that the, happens <laughs> if that happens then he's going to be down in the minors we're going to have either joseph wall or chalgren as our backup goaltender with campbell probably being the starter for because I mean, they've been saying that he's pretty close to coming back anyway, but then we're not going to be able to bring Morazic up again, unless if we take an injury somewhere else and someone goes on LTIR. Yeah. And in which case, like it's a, so right now Muzzin's on long-term injury reserve, unclear whether he's going to be out until playoffs or not significant. At the start of the playoffs, the salary cap doesn't become a thing and you can just bring up as many players as you want. Like five o'clock on any given day. And any given day, as long as you're good by the next day. <laughs> oh my god! Thank, thank you, Brendan Pridham. No, so right, right. What's significant is right now. Uh, oh, also significant this week. Kasha, uh, Andre Kasha took a scary looking injury, just like a total fluke hit, but it basically knocked him out. Uh, looked like bad concussions, and yep. he has a history of them. So he's almost for sure going on long term injury reserve at least. Uh, with his history, you hope he's fine by next year. We'll see yep. maybe by the playoffs. It super but. sucks. Anyways, but what's significant is Muzzin has been like practicing with the team non-contact, but he is skating. The current allocation of players with Mrazic and the minors means Muzzin can come back before the playoffs. Hmm. Um, however, if Muzzin does end up being out until the start of the playoffs, then Mrazic can move up and down. as, as Or bad. we could bring in another piece before trade deadline ends. More or less, yes. Right. Well, and Joseph Wall's injured right now, correct? He he was. I'm pretty sure he's he like like a, a minor injury, but he's he's out right now. Yeah. Well, I I think Shalgren pretty firmly has like the reins to the backup position, if not the starter position, before Campbell's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I guess like I'm just wondering, do are they actually going to make this deal? Like, or when you say they'll likely make a deal for a goaltender it's like a minor league goaltender or like, are you imagining well, they're going to make a, if Morazic gets claims, then that allows us to have the cap flexibility to bring in a guy who makes, you know, 2 million or two and a half million, like an actual NHL, like a James Reimer. If he, if he doesn't get claimed and we have to hold I, on to that $2 million, then we're stuck with like a Calgren or a wall or yeah, like a really depth goaltender. Shalgren. Yeah. Like I, I think Kyle Dubas looks at Shalgren and says, this is great that he's had this like, little bit of success we haven't really talked about the game but he's been a fun story the past the past mm-hmm. week but i don't think they view Shalgren as a, a capable backup goalie in the playoffs like the whole reason we went out and got mrazic is because we wanted to have that insurance but yep which it um, turns out we needed because one jack campbell's injured now and two he hasn't been great over the last couple of months so like the reasoning why we got mrazic held true we needed a guy like that it just sucks that we 
put our eggs on the basket that has many holes. And we would have been wrong no matter who we went with. I kind of feel like like just just because so many of these guys, the, the the free agent goaltenders this summer, like that were in that price range, they just all been bad. So like it's just a I don't know, it's a weird bad goalie year, and this is potentially the end of the Peter Mrazek, you know, in, in you Toronto could be, era. Could have played his last game. You're right. It's which is crazy. Like I, I, I just didn't see it coming this way. I guess I didn't see it. Like waiver is a pretty big, pretty big step. Like that basically means that like no one wants you. No I one wants you. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> please leave. <laughs> That's like if I could delete you from the face of the planet, I would right now. Yep. Yep. Okay. I, 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 I want to take some time here and get into possible lineup combinations on D with Giordano coming in. But, but before we do that, we should recognize that there was another trade that happened. Travis Dermott has been I, traded to the Vancouver Canucks for a third round pick. He has played his last game with the Maple Leafs. What do you guys think about that? I would say we also haven't talked about Blackwell at all, but like but he's a he's a much quicker story. He's basically well, let's talk like, about defense first and then we'll talk about Blackwell. After OK, fine, forwards. fine. So uh, Dermott, yes. what do you got? Uh hometown kid god sorry to see him leave but at the end of the day he was with the bringing in giordano he was our number nine defenseman i'm i'm so. sad to see him leave i i'm a little more sad than that i think you're you're putting like yeah i remember when dermot was like he was the you know the sandina lillian you know the shiny young piece in his first like I don't know. I guess when he came up halfway through the season, like he looked great. He was like, man, who is this guy? Like he, he's has a, such as future. And he just kind of never took that next step. And he, he kind of had a interview. Um, I guess they were saying like, your name is rumored to be on the trading block. And he was getting kind of emotional about leaving Toronto. I, I think he, he'd I, like, he grew up cheering for the Leafs all the time. He's been living the dream the past five years and he'll be sad to leave. Like, yeah, I'll miss Travis Dermott. I think that it made sense to, to move on from him, but. I'll miss him. He was a good a good piece for for Toronto over the past number of years. Yeah, I think I think Dubas told him before last night's game that like he's almost for sure like he's going to be trading. This is kind of his last game, so that's why they were kind of interviewing him and he was emotional. Like he knew. Yeah, yeah, he knew. But yeah, I saw those I saw those comments too, and it's just like it, it. You do feel for him because this was like this is totally his dream, right? Like playing for his hometown mm-hmm. team, and like he just couldn't and maybe couldn't we'll put it back. together. Maybe he'll come back. We'll Maybe <laughs> he was a fan of Keith, and I think Keith liked him too. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys are totally right. A 25 year old, like local kid, and he's played 251 games for the Maple Leafs. That's a lot. That's a lot of games. Yeah, is it? Was it Brian Burke who has the saying? It, it always sticks in my head that like you don't know what an NHL player is until they played 300 games. I think that was specific to defensemen. And defensemen, and and, and so games. you know we're just short of that, but like. It seems like the consensus on the Dermot trade is that like it had to be done mm-hmm. for for both sides, right? Like it had to be done, and everyone recognizes that like he's probably he's definitely going to be better wherever else he goes. I believe that like he's going to be better next yeah. year. Yep. Um. I, the, yeah. The thing about Dermot is like he does have all the tools. He just like couldn't be trusted against anything more than third pairing competition. Yep. Like we we saw it like in the playoffs. Like other teams will will target his pairing and I thought Vancouver was a weird suitor for Dermot. Like what are they looking for? Like a players for and trading away picks. Like they suck. Like, I don't know. It seemed, (laughs) it seemed weird that they were going to, they're bringing So what's also interesting earlier, we won't talk too much, but Vancouver fleeced Ottawa talking about teams. I have no idea what they're doing. Ottawa traded a pick for trap for Travis Hamanick, who gets paid like $3 million next year. And like, isn't very good. So basically what Vancouver did is they traded Hamanick who is old for Dermot. Who's young. And Ottawa is just weird. So, <laughs> so Vancouver basically gets younger. I guess he he had, he had to go though because it was just I I I was saying it before they brought him back this off season and like I guess you, it's almost a no brainer that you just have to sign like a twenty four year old you know like serviceable NHL player but just like there wasn't a spot for him on the team this year the side of the eyes that he plays and just like he's been given that opportunity so many times I'm not trying to bag on him but just like it was his time to go so like yep. good good luck in Vancouver. We look forward to seeing him in the future and just yep. like, well, not really. Cause when we do play Vancouver next, he's scoring. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, that'll, that that'll, that'll total his his one goal from this year. Give me a break. That's the true. guy played 43 games. This is why we're bottom in the league in goaltending from our defense. Sorry. I, said I wasn't right, going to bag right. him. Let, let's get into some line defense. combinations. We brought in Giordano. 
we now have like Riley, Labrushkin, Giordano, Hall, Brody, Muzzin, Sandine, Lilligren. What, what what do you guys think? Steven, start with you. What what do you think is like ideal defensive lineup that you want to have here? Okay, here here's your lineup. Uh Muzz or sorry, Riley Labushkin, Giordano, Brody, um, and then uh Sandine Hall. And Muzzin on the bench, or is this because Muzzin's still on LTIR? This is I I guess if Muzzin comes back and right right now I'm I'm saying Muzzin's on the bench. Wow. Okay. Um, that's 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 my that's my pairs. I I I want you guys to go off. Then we can debate because I'm I'm sure what you guys are gonna say. All right. What do you think, Tim? Uh, I like those I like those pairs. Um. Giordano obviously has the past chemistry with Brody, but Brody also just makes like everyone he plays with look good. So I, I would be fine with that. I would take those pairs and play Giordano and Brody against like other teams, top competition and just leave like Riley to feast. Uh, also that allows like, because uh, Labushkin's had a pretty good showing with Riley, but like he's no Brody when it comes to covering for Riley's excessive pinching. Um, so I, I, I like that. The excessive pinching is an excellent way to put it. It's getting out of control. <laughs> keep going, keep going. We can talk about um, it. But yeah, so I, I, I would give Giordano and Brody kind of the other team's top, uh, top competition, then Riley and, and Lobo some minutes there. Uh, I think in the playoffs, it is Muzzin Hall that we see just because, Especially in the playoffs, we it is so important to have those reliable pairings. And oh, I don't know, but Muzzin Hall is like we've been trying to force. So I don't know, Muzzin against third, like he hasn't faced bottom pairing competition all year. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he's just like guys that are steps lower. Put him with Hall, and that works. Either that or do like Muzzin and Sandin on the right. But like I don't know, Hall is kind of turned around the second part part of the year so i think he gets in there i i think any of our guys in in any way you put these combinations together i'd be okay with any combination of those guys on our third pair like third pair minutes you, you could see it from the difference between what dermot does to what you know brody does or whatever. like as you move up the lineup third pair is so much less responsibility mm-hmm. than the first or second pair and i'd be okay with any of these guys on the third pair i think that to start it off it's going to be Brody with Giordano like I think that just makes sense they have the history and it's easier transition for Giordano to come in I don't think that's is what it's going to be come playoffs or even down the stretch I think it will be Riley Brody come playoffs I think that that is our best pair and you you know Mike Babcock said you put the best players in the best positions to succeed and that's Riley Brody on our top pair I think it'll be Giordano Hall on the second pair you've seen Hall be better as of late and I think if you put him with a quality player like Giordano, it, that's going to continue. It's the same reason that Hall was pretty good last year with Muzzin. I think Hall will do it with Giordano. Okay. And then I think our third pair will be Muzzin on the left and Sandine playing on the right. And then Lilligren is the extra. That's, that's oh, so no, no Lobo then. Oh, I forgot about Lobo, to be honest. Uh, maybe muzzin lobo i don't like that third pair actually yeah maybe no. i have to rework my my pairings here but <laughs> i like you I, forget. we got I, eight defensemen right now i i would prioritize riley brody together we forget how great that pair has been for 50 games this season and then just recently due to shortage of personnel it has to be broken up but i want to see riley brody back together i wouldn't be surprised actually if they start do Riley Brody, like give Giordano a little bit of time to acclimate to Toronto and like the, the system and stuff, like give him the second pair of minutes, see if, see if he can get any magic going with Hall. Uh, but then what's your Bra- third pair? Like I, I don't well, want, I mean, like, right, that's no good. Well, I mean like right now, the easy answer is Sandian and Labushkin and Lilypad kind of swap between the two. Um, right. Cause Muzzin's not back yet, I guess. Muzzin's not back yet. It's only like, and we, that, that, and we still have what we have, th- 25 games left of the season mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like a 25 game is a pretty big sample size to see like is sandin and labushkin like a legit pair or like i mean we already know that uh Lilligren and sandin have like great chemistry but like maybe we're like do we miss the physical physical element that labushkin brings maybe does well, Giorgano it, give us that maybe if this he, season he's, is- he's a physical guy uh, I was going to say, if this season's any indicator, like it's going to be a rotation down there. Right. And I like, they're going to be throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, 
right? We're, we're going to get everything. The, the one thing, though, that I just feel really strongly about with these pairs is that you just can't throw Sandine on his offside. Like I, I'd rather him not be in, and and he's not like a he's not like a for sure in. Like oh yeah, you gotta have him in over potentially what Jake Muzzin is in the playoffs. But just like I haven't seen one game where he looked good on his offside, and he's played you know first, second, and third pair on on the right side, and just like it's it's not it, man. Um, and Jake Muzzin, like we don't know what's gonna happen with him because oh. he's been sitting in the press box, and we just don't what. Is that is that Jake Muzzin right now chomping away on that popcorn in the press He's box? Scarfing it down. Oh my god! That I can't man was a soundbite for that. Scarfing it down, Jacob. Slow it down. Slow. It down. Oh my goodness. What are you even eating? Is that wet? Gross. No. Um. It it it's hard. It's hard for me to imagine like. Jake Muzzin coming back in the playoffs if he if he, if he stays out for the rest of the regular season, which it feels likely at this point, because the guy's crushing that popcorn, um, comes back for the playoffs and like looks good. And then Rye, you just said it like we didn't trade for Geo to be on the third pair, and you're if you're not paying playing Sandy on his right side, is your third pair really Jake Muzzin and Ilya Labushkin? Oof, oof. And then I'm gonna debate myself a little bit. Are we really going to put Labushkin on the top pair with Riley? Because are we just getting ourselves right back into a Riley CC scenario where Labushkin's a better defenseman than than CC, but offensively, right? Like, is it just going to be the same thing where the puck goes to Labushkin and nobody covers him? Because it doesn't matter, right? What's he going to do with it? You know, mm-hmm. when we get into the offensive zone, like, um. It's it's just like that pair of Riley Labushkin has looked fine. It's just you know what Riley can do when he has a guy like Brody on his wing and he's elevated to just being a fine defenseman to an elite defenseman. And when you get to the playoffs, you need to have that elite defenseman. That you, you need as many difference makers as you can have. And I think that Riley Labushkin is a fine option, especially for right now when we're shorthanded on the, on the decor. But I, I think come playoff time, it, it has to be Riley Brody. It has to be. What about what about we we we're just assuming that that Giordano is going to come in and he hasn't had an excellent offensive season this year and really in a while, but um, what what, what if won the won the Norris? Yeah, and then it's been like right up. Yeah, was that significant? Three years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop off since then, but um, what if what if the second pair is Giordano and Labushkin because that that's a solid like defensive pair that that you can put against in, in the, the tough situations but maybe the comfort of playing with Labushkin who's just I love his defensive play frees up uh Giordano to maybe find a little bit of this this magic turn back the mm. clocks a little bit yep yeah yep. I don't know I don't know like I these guys coming in I don't think we can magically expect anything different than they previously showed it's like uh Right, he's like, going to come in and be basically what he was for Seattle. It's all you could really expect. I think if we're lucky, that's what we'll get. We're going to see it, though, right? We'll see one game of that. Well, won't, won't you say, like you say, if we're lucky, Tim, he's probably going to be put in a better position to succeed here than he was in Seattle. Seattle is probably like their best defenseman playing all the toughest minutes, getting the hardest matchups. You know what I I'm mean? Sc- like I'm scarred, okay? Yeah, <laughs> I just hope he right. plays like, more than five games. If you're pessimistic, then I guess you're more likely to be uh to not be disappointed. But I, I'm expecting Giordano to come in and and move the needle and not be uh, like unfortunately what Nick Felino was last year, but to actually come in and be a difference maker. I kinda like Steven's lines there of Labushkin on the second line with Giordano. Like that that's interesting because then it frees up Muzzin Hall is a third pair. I love yeah. Muzzin Hall as a third pair. Like that's fantastic. And then if any injuries on either side and you have Sandine and Lillian ready to come in, like that 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 excites me. I, I kind of like that. And and just going back to Sandine, like in playoff hockey, it's been he he's been fine this year. But yeah, come playoff time, like we 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 need some beef back there. We need the popcorn because he's gonna get pushed around and yeah, I think maybe that's what Muzzin's doing. He's seeing our guys getting pushed around out there. He's like, I need some more of this stuff. Gonna anchor. <laughs> need an anchor. Jacob, just chill out. Chill out back there, man. What are you doing? 
man. This is why you Jack's like leaving cow. the press box because you're eating so much. <laughs> Gross. Um, it, yeah, just like so many combos. And Keith's thinking the exact same thing right now. He's he's messing around. Just, just in, in our like little bit of conversation on it right now, I think I'm leaning with this. Yeah, let's let's keep Riley and Brody together on this top pair, and we'll figure out some combination of the remaining six defensemen we have to fill those those bottom four spots. We're going to see everything, but I think you guys are right. That's a mean pair, though. A mean second pair, right? Giordano and uh, Labushkin. Like, oof. Yeah. Well, it, it's a great decor in general. Like, top to bottom, if, that, if that's your decor, Le- Riley, Brody, Giordano, Labushkin, Muzzin Hall with Sandy Lilligreen on the on the sidelines. That's as good as you're gonna find and against any of these teams who are gonna be playing in the playoffs. Like it's not it doesn't even look like a weakness anymore. Now, I mean, you don't know until you hit the ice. Like I wouldn't have said that our defense would look like a weakness and then Muzzin Hall forgot to play hockey. So you, you don't know until we actually see, but just on paper and and knowing what these guys can do and hoping that Giordano can just plug in here. This sounds real good to me, and I'm I'm pretty impressed that uh Dubas pulled this one out of his hat. And then off the ice, like you guys want to talk about that as well. Like what, what, what well, a guy. Like I mean, him. we're bringing in another captain. Like I feel like we talked about this last year, where it's like, yep. if you're looking at intangibles, this guy's got them. Like yeah. Seattle, I, I Seattle was thinking about that captain. though. And and here's the thing, because we've done this a lot. We've done this basically all of our players is bring in the like the hungry veteran who hasn't won yet and see if you know if if they can wanted enough to to win the cup while they're home in Toronto bound. You know, you see it with Spezza and Thornton and, you know, all these guys. Giordano and the Flames he's with are like notable non-playoff performers. You know, they're kind of like, and maybe that's more like Monaghan and like the other guys who are, who are his line mates. But Calgary never was like the, you know, the Pittsburgh or the Chicago or Boston or like the team that shows up for playoffs. That hasn't been Calgary. So yeah. th- does that concern you that maybe Giordano, like he says all the things that's right, but when the chips are down, he's not the guy to get it done. I don't know. He's played, he's played, uh, since 2016, Four. he's played 19 he's playoff play- games, right? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I guess that's a, that's, that's a couple rounds one. I mean, that's better. Yeah, that's th- true. That's better that than us, true. right? Like, like that's a, a sample size similar to probably what we've seen out of, you know, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I, I didn't really think of that. Like, I, I'm just thinking of like, he's coming in, you know, TJ Brody, a guy that he knows well, it, it's going to juice up the rest of the team as well, because it's like, all right, KD gave us a new toy. Like we're going for it. You know, we've got, and yeah, I, I just, I think off the ice, him coming in and coming home too. like, it, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Slam dunk. So. Should we shift to talk some uh, talk about some of the forwards, or is there? Uh... No, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just say, like I mean counter to the point that I just I just made. I guess I was kind of throwing it out there, but I, I like I I think that it never hurts to have another positive captain voice in that locker room. Like even though Felino didn't get it done last year, like I, I bet having him in the locker room wasn't the worst thing in the world either. And same with all these guys, you know, Simmons, <laughs> Thornton, Spets, like ha- having that kind of presence in your locker room is, is never a bad thing. I'm, I have no fear. Last year, there's a lot of talk about bringing in Taylor Hall to the Leafs. And like, I would just fear that that loser would just lose it up in our dressing room. Oh my goodness. And it would just spread like a cancer. So we need to talk uh, just a brief aside. That's not related to the Leafs, but Jack Eichel is such a loser. Yeah, World-class loser. That guy. World-class loser. Now Vegas just loses. Well, it's great. Yeah. Ryan, you were right when you were like, I don't want that. I wouldn't want that loser. If he was for free, I was like, Ryan, you're dumb. He's a really good player. And now he's over there and the team is spiraling and they might miss oh, the playoffs and he's talking smack about his old team and yep. I, I, he's injured as what? Well. Like, yeah, no, a total back. disaster. Um, all right. Anyways, forwards? But, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think just even though you, he might not be, Oh, this guy is going to solve our leadership problems and leaders the promised land. It's just, it's less that and more of just like, here's a guy that knows what it takes to fit in and like uh, in a locker room. And like, yep. I He's mean, Toronto born. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? All right, let's let's talk about our forwards here. All right. So uh two notable things happened this week. Uh we already covered Andre uh, Andre Kasha 
potentially i mean we know nothing about him he might be practicing next week and they say oh yeah it's fine it looked bad he's like it he's definitely going to be out for a couple weeks he was held out of the game like, for that's a minimum he was held out the rest of the game for uh um precautionary reasons just yeah. a sign of optimism like it wasn't like the man was you know laying down on the bed i, I saw him not able to get to his feet like yeah, wobbly and so i i'm not optimistic on, <laughs> i've come on back from worse here. allison keep going tim <laughs> <laughs> all right so he so he's out uh and new new leaf uh colin blackwell so colin blackwell is someone who uh oh what was the name of the guy in tampa barclay goudreau, goudreau yeah, yeah. I, I forgot if it was goudreau or coleman <laughs> anyways he's kind of similar to those guys uh not a lot of offensively going around he's kind of like a 30 to 40 point kind of guy uh, but he is uh, very defensively responsible, which mm-hmm. is obviously what we value <laughs> uh, being a little porous on the, or defensively porous at times, but uh, safe to say he will be in our top 12 forwards. And at the very least he is, well, I mean, he might get rotated in and out with Robertson depending on what Keith wants to do, but uh, definitely g- good extra forward depth. So the way our lines work now is, uh, there are 11 or let's just say 10 guys pretty well fixed. And then you have Kasha who, when he's healthy, he's going to be in. And then you have Engvall, Simmons, Blackwell. Clifford was also waived uh, just today. I, I think he certainly doesn't look like an NHL player anymore. I think, I think he's going to be done and in the minors. You know, what's funny. I I've been on the hate Clifford train. Like since we brought him back over here, I actually thought he was pretty good for those like three games that he was in and in Simmons was out until he took that boneheaded penalty, (laughs) which cost us the game on Saturday. And now I'm back to hating Clifford and I was glad to see him. (laughs) Either way though, I, I sorry. and, And also Nick Robertson. I think on your list, I think it's safe to say that Engvall is like, as much of a lock as any of those other like lower end of the lineup guys, like as much as Spets as a lock angle is a lock. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's played every game. He looks like he deserves to be out there. He's an NHL player. I, I put him well him. above. I, I put him well above most of those other names like Simmons or I guess Blackwell, even though I haven't seen him play at Robertson Spetsa. Like I, I think Engvall's a step above those guys. So, yeah, so it'll, of, it'll be interesting. Oh, go ahead, Tim. I was thinking it's good. it'll be interesting to see how much like Robertson was also loaned back to the Marlies today. Although that was more of a salary cap move than anything else, but does he get to stay in? So, so yeah. we have our top line of Matthews, Marner, Bunting. We have our second line of let's just say Tavares and Kerfoot and and Nylander. Third line of Camp, Mikheyev, and let's just put Kasha there because like looking ahead to the playoffs here. What what, do, what is your guys' ideal? fourth line that, that you have slotting in here who do you want to see there hmm. um I'm, i mean spets has to be there yeah it's spetsa it's blackwell and it's engvall for me right engvall but like right. i'm nikki yeah but then, but then let's say also that if kosh is out engvall's up in that third line which i think we're all in agreement that's where he'd go no i think engvall would go up there no that, that, that's what i said Robertson. right engvall would go in that third oh line sorry i thought you were saying nick Robertson. yeah that, okay. then it gets maybe the decision gets a little harder but you could you could take Betsa out. Like I just don't see them putting Nikki Rob on the fourth line. Um, and I'm trying to think of those other names. Tim he rattled off time on the fourth line. Tim rattled off like 45 names right there. Who else is on that fourth line? Hmm. So I mean, if we're in agreement that Sim uh, Clifford is done, it's just Simmons is the only other name. Yeah, and and I think we would all agree as well that Simmons is more like a thir- 13 at this point. Good if you have an injury, but I don't want him into my lineup for playoffs beginning now. Yeah. It's hard to get super excited about Blackwell. We knew this was going to happen, right? But it's just like, but if he can provide something for this fourth line, I don't know. He's not, he's not a huge guy. Like it's not like this. Like I, I'm pretty excited for the, for the Blackwell for the reason of like, we haven't th- th- since like the fifth game of the season when t- Spezza was scoring like two goals a game. Our fourth line has not had an identity all season long. Like it, it's, it's been nothing. old. That's been yeah, their it, identity. It's just been old. And it's like, maybe they'll score a goal here or there. And maybe they'll have a goal scored against them here. Or there. It's kind of like the nothing line. It's like, um, uh, who was it? The Gauthier. It's like Gauthier's on the line. It's just nothing happens when they're out there, which like, isn't the worst thing, I guess, but it's like you, you what you really want is a fourth line. That'll move the needle 
one way or other to get the the better sh- share of the gold <laughs> shares over here. And if you have Spezza out there able to to put it in the back of the net a little more because you have a guy like Blackwell who's going to, you know, be that defensive minded, maybe you put Robertson out there and him and Spezza can have a little bit of fun because Blackwell's out there. Like it's it's a new element that I think all season long we have not had a camp-ish player on that fourth line. Sure. And it's just like a new toy to play with almost. What about if what what if the Leafs had Nick Robertson on the second line and he slotted in there and they give him a long run? And then you do the fourth line, you put Engvall on that third line, this is assuming Kosh is out, Engvall's on that third line, and your fourth line is Kerfoot, Blackwell, and Spezza. Because Kerfoot looked solid on that fourth line, feasting against some of the worst competition. And, As he should. And this is the first time anybody here is going to hear this. And if you and if you didn't hear this, <laughs> if you didn't hear this, tweet at us at the Leafscast and email Tim at leafscastpod at gmail.com. Alex Kerfoot and Colin Blackwell played together at Harvard University. Oh, uh, there it is. There's the connection. I would 20... say Dubas loves the, loves the Sioux and loves Harvard. <laughs> For a couple of years, too. I mean, Kerfoot was uh, a bigger deal on the team. Uh, Colin Blackwell's got something to prove, but they played together. They know each other. Maybe, that maybe. worked out so well for Jimmy VC. <laughs> We're bringing him back too, Tim. Oh boy! I just want, I'm just wait. I'm just waiting for us to trade a conditional seventh to bring Galchenyuk back tomorrow. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kerfoot on that fourth line. Not because he's a fourth line ask player, just because you're right, Stephen. Like he looks great when he's down there. And if we can have someone like a Nick Robertson or Mikheyev or Kasha up on that second line, providing similar results. Kerfoot's look good down there. Why don't we spread the wealth and have a fourth line that could have some offensive pump? It's not the worst thing. It's worked for us in the past. Well, what's also interesting is, I mean, I I don't think that this is this is going to happen. But Jade, we uh, Matthew suspended for two games this past week. Did we react to that? Did that happen after our, our uh, last pod? We, oh yes, Steve and I were very angry. Yes, or I remember that. Anyways, um, John Tavares. Reunited with Mitch Martin and Michael Bunting. Yeah. Look great. He did look great. The whole line looked great. But wow. are you really going to break up the Matthews Marner line? Well, nah. the way I see it, Matthews is back for one game and they lost. So clearly, Matthews <laughs> is the reason for all the struggles. Brian <laughs> yeah. cares oh, about no. W's. I, I, I don't think that Sheldon Keefe is at this point really considering breaking that up. Maybe if like they're struggling down the line or maybe late in a playoff series, if that line's struggling, he'll do some shenanigans like that. Reunite Nylander with Matthews or something. It, it's nice to know that they have some chemistry again, but at least for the immediate forward, I don't foresee that being a possible future here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys do think a- about... Um, Kasha's out right now. Why don't we put Blackwell in the third pair with camp? Just like a super defense line. That's what that line is anyway. What's wrong with that? Wait, camp. Well, it, it doesn't solve our, like the fourth line right now just needs like something different. But, but so, who's, yeah, but like Engvall on that fourth line has always looked good in the same oh, way that, that uh, uh, Kerfoot has. Like if you have your fourth line of like Engvall, Robertson, Spezza, like, ooh, that looks pretty fun. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I feel I'm like just... we have to really see Blackwell to get a good feel for him, but I wouldn't mind that. Hmm. I wonder a little bit about Ilya Mikheyev. He's been, he's been well, interesting. What's interesting is apparently teams were asking about him this trade deadline. Him and, and Dubas said no. Him and Engvall is what I heard. Hmm. Teams are calling on both and, <laughs> Which is funny because, like, you know, McKay, I mean, maybe he doesn't want to be traded anymore, right? But he's like, wait, the teams are calling now. You're still saying no? <laughs> Let me go. But well, what's it? Yeah, because like McKayev is a UFA at the end of this year. He can walk for nothing. I, I don't blame Dubas for, for saying no on McKayev, like, for the same reason why it's nice having a guy like Kasha around. He's just a guy who, who who's, if he's on the ice, he could put it in the back of the net. And, well, and we've seen it. He yes, can get he can. it in the other team. This, te- he can, this he can get season, the- he can't. He just scored a goal this past week, Tim. Stop talking. He absolutely uh, no, not reliable. You can look at him. You're not going to say like, yes, he- we count on him to get five goals this series. But it, it there's absolutely a value to having guys on your team. You can say we can count on this guy to maybe get a goal or two goals this playoff series. Because last year we only had like five guys you could say that about, yeah. and three of them 
did not get any goals and one of them was stretched off the ice. So it, it it absolutely has value to have a guy like that, a guy like Kasha, a guy like Spezza, guys far down your lineup who can maybe pot a goal here or there when you really need one. Uh, no, I wouldn't rely on him to get a goal. You can always rely on him to get the puck deep in the uh, opponent's zone. That's helpful. And you can rely on him on the penalty kill. And, th- and I don't think those are things that you're going to replace for $1.6 million. So for that reason, I agree with, with keeping him. Uh, unless if like we had another big play bringing in a forward, but uh, yeah, I'm, fi- I'm fine with keeping him. There's still tomorrow, and something we talked about last week too is yeah, just like could 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 the Leafs move you know Kerfoot or some of these pieces that like they're on the team, but maybe they're just not like a total slam dunk. And, and right now it appears like it's not because we got to have the depth, right? Because even though like putting a guy like Kerfoot on that fourth line, like that's just some really, really solid depth. We're supposed to be one of the best teams in the NHL. You should have a good fourth line. And I, I agree with keeping okay, as well. McKayev has played basically half the games that Kerfoot, Engvall, and Spezza have played. And he has more goals than all of them. So what are you he talking was, about, Tim? He just saw a bender that first He's week. He's played though. 33 games and he has 12 goals. He got seven goals in the first like five games, though. Yeah, I so think- that's that's what I'm saying, though. Like he he's the kind of guy that you have de- depth in your lineup, paying him like one point something million dollars, and he could score a goal. All you need him to do is get hot, and he can get a few goals. Like it, these guys have value tip. You hated it last year when we got no goals in the playoffs. How many game sevens do you have to watch where we get shut out three nothing for you to just say yes? Let's have guys like Mikheyev and Mikheyev was on that team. Yes, and last year he had stone hands. That's not. Not Mikheyev of this year. He's figured it out. He can score goals, and that's value. Look, I'm just saying, tomorrow, we'll find out at noon-ish if Mrazek clears. And if Mrazek clears, maybe we use that cap hit, packed it up with Ilya Mikheyev, and get someone exciting. He has a higher goals per game ratio than both Nylander and Tavares. Just saying. I know, Nylander's really cooled down. My, I'm still clinging to the lead in the playoff pool, but like, Willie, you got to pick it up or you're going to be kicked to the curb. Well, because, nope. yeah, you talk about acquiring a forward and, and what we've been rattling off this whole time. It's it's evident that we don't have a fix, like a, a surefire fix at second line left wing. And so yep. I, I don't know what Pridham's doing right now. I don't know if it's even feasibly possible to bring in somebody else to like. Uh, but I'm I've, okay I've, with <laughs> that. Like I, I look at I look at our team and say we you know, we've been going through the lines for the last like five or 10 minutes now. And there's lots of options that we have at that second line spot. Like I would say it's a problem. If you look at all these options, you say none of these guys work, but like I could see Kerfoot working on that line. I could see Mikheyev working on the line. I could see Kasha working on the line. I could see Robertson working on that line. Like there's so many options that you could have that like one of them is going to work. And mm. so why would you spend your big money ticket, you know, all your cap space on the forward line? I'd rather bet on JT and Willie that they're going to turn it around and be effective players rather than betting on Muzzin coming back and being an effective, effective defenseman when he's been, you know, munching on popcorn for the past three months. Can uh, I bring up one more thing? I know we're getting a little long in the, the forward group. This is something I heard yeah. on, on uh, Elliot Friedman talking about this week that the Leafs uh, apparently think they're they're going to try to give our second round pick from last year Matthew Nyes a shot um right, here soon as his his uh college season ends that w- that would be interesting now that's a guy that you're probably just slotting you know on that fourth line he's massive he he he's the size of like like two of us here on the Leafs cast had an excellent season at Minnesota and uh that that like like they they could have thought it's totally possible that this Blackwell thing like he's maybe not even in and it's Matthew Nyes that they're imagining is going to slot in on this fourth line as well just something just a total like a total uh, berserker you know to the to the the discussion here um, but could Matthew Nyes be on the Maple Leafs as well second round pick quit trading those away this guy's coming for us. I mean, like we saw Robertson's come into the playoffs last year, scored a, uh, or two years ago, scored a goal. That was exciting. Maybe Matthew Nye. I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to leapfrog Robertson, but like he's certainly NHL size. Well, that's what I'm thinking, though. Like, doesn't it seem odd that we would give him a game when really we should be giving Robertson literally as many games as we're able to give him while uh, some of our forwards are injured? 
Like, like it, it just seems odd that yes, the eyes is having this amazing season, but like he'll have his time. Is it not? Even if he comes in and looks okay as an NHLer, is it not still more likely that you'd see Robertson come in in the playoffs if we like need something like that? Than Matthew Nyes. What, well, why would we give Nyes this opportunity over Robertson? Ryan, we're excited about prospects. Don't take this from us. Robertson is a prospect. It's it's it could be a lot of things. Like 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 has there been a moment this season besides that like incredible forechecking shift where uh, uh, Nick Robertson has looked like done anything spectacular in the defensive zone? Right. Like maybe that's something that Matthew Nyes brings because it's just something that I get nervous about thinking of of you know we young Nick Robertson. Uh, getting knocked around by a big team in the playoffs on that fourth line, and uh, he's a hustler though. I, I I'm like just how a, much he I'm just a sucker for size. Call me uh, call me Brian Burke from now on. on You're the, the one who cast. prepared a sound drop making fun of Muzz and eating popcorn. <laughs> Can you turn it down? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I I I think that if he gets a game, it's whatever. It's a game. If if he gets a string of games, I don't think I'd I would prefer that but we'll see i mean i i would still like to see robertson get the opportunity here with kasha out for a few games i hope that this doesn't mean sandine is drawing or not sandine uh simmer Simmons. is drawing in ahead of robertson but time will tell we'll see what Kiefer does mm. anyway uh quick recap uh the atlantic division is the worst it's like it, it it's funny because it's both the al east and baseball ridiculous atlantic division and hockey ridiculous Oh, what what divisions is the Toronto sports teams in? It's annoying. Both Florida's huge ads this week with Giroux and I mean Ben Chirot maybe isn't is debatable how good he is, huge but he is price, a, at least huge price and he's like that physical defense. And so they add Tampa trade a fir- two first round picks for uh, Hagel out of uh, Chicago. Uh, Boston pays up big to bring in uh, Lindholm out of Anaheim. Pays up big, mm-hmm. and then now, granted, it, Boston did just sign into an eight-year extension, which I I never understand. This guy has no idea about the Boston organization or the, or the city, and he just locks in eight years when he was like two months away from free agency. I mean, it's hard to say no to a fifty-six million dollar paycheck, Tim. I That's suppose. a lot of money. Yeah, I guess. I guess, right? Yeah, he could come over and like tear his ACL or something, but it wasn't even like that. It was a very moderate cap hit. Anyway. Six and a half? Yeah, he's not as offensive. I thought I think. it was so five and he, a half, my bad. Peak Lindholm, he's had he's regressed the past few seasons. So it's like, I don't know, but Boston might regret that in years four through eight. We'll find uh, it. We'll see. But anyway, well, in the near term, definitely makes it better. So the basically, whole thing, we're uh, going to have a rough time in the playoffs with these other teams. Well, it, it does say something, though, like all these other teams are trading away multiple first round picks and bringing in all these aspects. The Leafs were the last ones to move. Can you imagine if Dubas kind of did nothing or just brought in like, like, you know, only black Luke Shen. and that's it? Yeah. And, th- and then like, what does that say to your team? Like all the other guys here are are beefing up and this is our competition and you're sending your thumbs doing nothing and uh, I feel the other like teams are scared of us that's I, why I they feel have like to. us only giving a second pick but the fact that it's giordano it like it says something to the team that's like this is a name like the reinforcements are here the gm believes in us like let's go and roll some heads which one of those moves and be honest which one of those moves made you guys the most mad of all those mad. uh yeah scared? like which no mad. mad like you guys are like I, oh thank they got him. Who was it? I mean, Florida got the best. Like bringing Giroux and and well, um, what? Sharat. Uh, Sharat. Like that. Two. That's two big acquisitions. And they were already the best team of the bunch. So that that was that was tough. Although also, Matt is Boston because it's Boston. Same thing about Florida. Ekblad probably out till playoffs with an injury. Oh really? Oh wow. Yeah. Was he out till playoffs last year too? He missed the, all the playoffs as well. Wow, That's I'm still brutal. torn on on ta- on guy. Florida because I recognize that they're like pretty much you know by all measures the best team in the NHL, but we still haven't seen them yet this year, and it's just like you know we're seeing them by, this week by a lot of measures. The the Carolina Hurricanes are one of the best teams in the NHL, and we've kicked their butt twice in a row. So take a lap, Rodney, there Rodney Burnmore, give me a break. Yeah, no, I was pissed off about the Boston one though. Come on, you're making Boston better. I hate Boston. I mean, I'd rather them get Chick, uh, get Lindholm than Chikrin. Yeah, sure. Chikrin's still not moved. You're right, because because so we're obviously I, I think, recording this early. Maybe something else happens tomorrow, but yeah, no Chikrin yet. So not coming to Toronto. Nope. 
and not coming to not coming in our division. <laughs> I hope, I guess, right? Because all the other defensemen got moved. Well, Florida still has Florida still has a 2028 draft pick. They haven't traded yet. <laughs> wow. Not that that player's been born yet. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's take a look at the games this week. What do we got? So we have New Jersey oh, we, we on don't Wednesday. Play again until Wednesday. That's yeah, odd. a couple days off. So a couple days. Oh, and then Montreal Saturday. That's all, that's all we got. We got no, no, two we play Florida on Sunday. Whoa. Oh, okay. Okay, this is 7 it. 7 p.m. This is it. So we got, yeah, we have the Panthers oh, on Sunday. Oh, then after that is Boston. And then the Panthers Lakes. again on April 5th. So like, this is, this is it. Like, oh it, that we... sucks that we're playing them on a back-to-back. That kind of, yeah. right? The first, on the road. The first time, like, you know, if they come in there and just wax us, I'm going to look at their schedule real quick. Wow. So we're just coming off, like, it hasn't been an easy road trip because we've sucked, but like easier teams at least. But like now coming up, we're... In the next like two weeks, we're facing Florida, Boston, Tampa, Florida again. This is the gauntlet we're running here. Don't forget Buffalo and Ottawa and Montreal. Hey, by the, the way, th- that's oh, looking geez. down. That's looking over the steering wheel. When you Google Panthers schedule, the Florida Panthers isn't the first thing that comes up. That's the team that we're scared of right now. Give me a break. Uh, they play on Saturday as well uh, uh, against the Senators. So excellent. Both teams so on a back to back. Yeah, that that's a, a bit more fair, but that's a big game. The Leafs have rose to the occasion for a lot of these big games, especially recently. So, like, I expect that. It's a heavy task, though, right? Panthers on Sunday, Boston on Tuesday. Oof. Well, we hey, don't even know what our we, goaltending situation is going to be like. Like, is Campbell back soon? Are we going to have, like, Shulgren and, like, David Ayers on the bench? Like, what are we going to do? I'm confident with Shulgren in the net. I'm confident with it. Let's do it. Kid's been great. Run the table. We haven't talked about the games this week, but he has been... Uh... Just a competent goaltender, something we haven't seen. It's and so it feels refreshing, like isn't it? It's so long. It is like he gets a save and it's like, ah, that's what this has been like. He's yep. flying around in that net though. Like he has an he has an interesting style. It doesn't always make you the most like comfortable. But yeah, mm-hmm. competent, average goaltending. I've never been more excited about it in my entire life. Yeah. yeah. What a disaster. So and he and and I thought it was the right call to start him all three games this week. Yep. We've seen a little bit what what we've got in them. I thought last night um, was obviously, I mean, he let in more than one goal last or two, two goals, whatever. I mean, he, he's had a really good run this week. Last night was a tough one. A cut like defense in front of him wasn't excellent. Um, That's what Giordano is for. He, he's a solid, I, I, I'm, I'm totally cool with him being the backup. So yeah. Yeah. And we'll probably see him on Wednesday, but like we'll probably get some news Monday or Tuesday about, Jack Campbell as well, because you have to think they're making this move with Morazic knowing that like Campbell's coming back soon. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Last thing before we get out of here right now, the standings are Florida at 90 points, Tampa Bay at 84 points, us at 83 points, Boston at 81 points. Now for the most part, we know the rosters of those four teams. I don't think any more big moves are coming. Where do you guys see one, two, three, four. Where are all the teams finishing come the end of the season? What do you think? Ooh, that's a, a tough six point. Florida, Florida is a six point lead. That's pretty. That's I mean, like, sure, it's only three games, but like, I think Florida takes the division this year. Okay, then what? Uh, I mean, <laughs> is it going to be Toronto, Boston first round? <laughs> no, I. Uh, I don't know. Tampa's just so good. Yeah, they can't fall. They won't fall that much. It's gonna be. It's gonna be one of us. I don't, what's interesting is like that first wild card spot gets the. I call it a cushy division in the metro, but like way better. Like I would take that every single time over the Atlantic. But here's the thing: two years in a row now, we've had cushy opponents in the playoffs, and we've uh blown it to I put tell it you though nicely. I would love to play Carolina. Mitch Martyr eats Carolina. <laughs> Wait, you mean an exciting playoff series? What is that like? I, yeah. I think it's going to be Florida coming in number one. I it, they they're just so good, man. Um I actually think the Leafs are gonna come in number two here. I think that they're gonna be pretty good down the stretch. And I think it'll be Tampa and number three and Boston and number four. That's that's what I think. So Boston's going to meet us in the conference finals. But I think that I, like the difference between Tampa, Toronto, Boston is going to be like one point, and all of them are going to be better than the re- the entire Western Division minus Colorado. The Leafs have an opportunity to steal these six points too. Like we play Tampa, or sorry, we play Florida three times yep. before the end of the yep. year. It's crazy; I haven't played them once yet. But like, 
you know, that's a big deal. Control your own destiny, boys. So, what do you think, Stephen? What's going to be the order here? Give me. uh, I. I. That this is a really really tough question, right? Like, but give me Florida. Give me Tampa two. Give me Toronto three. Give me Boston four. That's what I think. No change for Stephen. So, um, but what do you guys think the Leafs do against Florida on Sunday? Win or lose? We we smush them. We Tim, smush them like a bug. We, we play well against good teams. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to win as well. All right, I'm playing the outro music. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Oh, Jacob, that slow away. down. Unbelievable. Okay. So the biggest win of this trade deadline as well that we didn't mention yet, with the acquisition of Mike Giordano, the Leafs do have a chance to be a better defensive team than offensive. <laughs> Tim, you're back in it. Tim, it's happening. Did you know about this for months now? Did you know this is happening? Saw it in the stars. Oh,